welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. Uh, it is not normal to love your enemies. And it is not natural for a person to bless those who curse them or to show kindness to those who demean, devalue, or disenfranchise you. Uh, It's even more abnormal for a person to care about and to forgive someone who has abused them or hurt them deeply. It's just not normal. And yet that is exactly what Jesus commanded us to do. Look with me at this passage of scripture in the gospel of Matthew chapter five. Would you read it together with me? Can you see it clearly enough to read? I'll help you out here with my little Johnny Jet pointer. Everyone together, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil, on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward of you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. That, that last phrase is scary. I mean, how many perfect people do you know? I mean, you know, Perfection, really? Oh yeah, I, 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 well, all of us have met someone who arrogantly said, "Well, I'm perfect." You know, I do my job perfect. Um, don't confuse them with the facts. Just let them live in their fog of pride. <laughs> okay, but it, when we're talking about the kind of behavior that Jesus is talking about here, that's not common. That's living very uncommon. But that's exactly what we've been talking about and what the apostle Peter was writing about in his second epistle when he began his second epistle and in the first 10 verses, he talks about this incomparable life that he urges all of us to live. 
Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. God wants us to live our life in the exponential measure of his grace and peace. And yet that is not the common way that Christians live their life. I don't know about you, but I've kind of noticed over the last decade or longer that it's like more and more Christians are more and more like the world around them. And, and they don't have, they don't have that amazing, perfect peace that scripture talks about that passes human understanding. And they sure don't seem to have that love that is beyond human understanding that the apostle talked about in Ephesians chapter three. It's, it's just, it's just unusual. And yet almighty God wants us living in that kind of life. When he's talking about living the incomparable life, there comes this component that just takes us into an uncommon way of living. And the capstone of that was to have God kind of love. Read it with me together, would you please? Everyone allowed? Grace and peace be multiplied to you if I can get my little work. I think my battery ran out. Can you, can you read it aloud with me together? Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him was called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us succeeding great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Then he goes on. Here we go. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. Stop right there. Love. Now, Pastor Dave taught us last week that in the Greek language there are four words for love. He mentioned three of them. The first is eros. We get the English word erotic from it. It's that physical, passionate kind of love. Unfortunately, in our hedonistic society, erotica has become more connected with evil kind of passionate love. The perverted kind, rather than the physical, passionate, emotional kind that God meant to be in the context of the marriage covenant. Erotic eros is not evil in the context of the human marriage. God meant it to be that physical, supreme, joyous part that God meant us to be. That's why he created us with the human capacity to even be able to experience that kind of love. The second kind of love was phileo, Philadelphia, brotherly kind of love. The third kind is stargos. It's only mentioned one time in the, in the Holy Scriptures in the negative, a stargos, 
unnatural affection. Having lost that which should be normal. Stargos is the kind of love that a husband has for his wife, that parents have for the children, that children have for their parents. And he says in the last days, they will lose that human natural affection. Man, are we seeing that in our culture? Else can you explain moms and dads killing their own kids just or, or feeding them milk that's got narcotics in it. Are you kidding me? How, how crazy have we become? Well, that's what scripture says is going to happen in the last days. That this spirit will come that's so dark that begins to damage what would be the natural affection between a parent and a child, between a husband and a wife. Stargos. The third kind is agapeo. Agapeo. It is the kind of love that sees the value of a person even when they're living in an unacceptable way. It is, the, it is that kind of love that has the ability to give unconditional acceptance. Doesn't say I approve of your behavior, but I love you and I approve of you. It's the kind of love that reaches out to the unreachable, that cares for the one who doesn't deserve it. It's the kind of love that says, you, you, may, you may treat me in a very ungracious way, but I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to love you. It's the kind of love that is spoken of in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's patient. It's kind. It doesn't behave in an unseemly way. It doesn't act arrogantly, doesn't boast. It doesn't rejoice in evil, but it rejoices in good. It doesn't think evil, it thinks good. It's the kind of love that scripture says never fails. Agapeo, I call it God kind of love. And the apostle Peter says, that's the capstone. If you're gonna live the incomparable life, this is the capstone. This is the zenith of that incomparable life. It is living your life with agapeo so that you love people even when they're unlovely. Wow. Wow. Well, if it's, if it's God kind of love, what, what exactly what is God's love like? How are we going to live this if we don't really grasp what God's love is like? I want to look at, at just four characteristics of God's love today. There, there are so many more, but let's, let's look at four of them. The first one of these is God's love is everlasting to everlasting. Listen to what the writer of Psalms said about God's love. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. In Jeremiah chapter three, verse 13, he says, his loving kindness is everlasting. God's love is, is from everlasting to everlasting. Now, now let's think about this. If God's love is from everlasting, that means before there was time, 
God loved you. Because remember, God lives outside of time and space. God doesn't live inside of time and space. Only human beings and life on planet Earth is inside of time and space. Before God created the Earth and the sun and the moon, there was no time and space. When God created the moon and the sun, he created them to give to us time and space. That is when we began to have a 24-hour day, one full rotation around the sun, okay, 24 hours. Okay, what, what are we talking about here? We're talking about that God, before there was time, loved you and me. Now, what scripture tells us is that God had all of us written in a book before he created planet Earth, before he created human beings. He has this book, and in that book, what were, what we were all written in that book. So he knew Forrest Dean Hackett Jr., he knew David Gutierrez, he knew us in the book, and he loved us. He loved us before he created us. Isn't that amazing? Now, in his knowledge, because God is all-knowing, right? God never has a day where he wakes up and goes, oh, geez, I didn't think of that. That never happens. It happens to us all the time. It never happens to Almighty God. Thank the Lord, right? Okay? I am so glad there's never a moment when God goes, oh, I goofed. I'm sorry. Thank you, Lord. That never happens. We goof all the time. He never does. Thank you, Lord. Amen? Amen. He's perfect in all of his ways. But he loved you before he created you, knowing that you would sin. Knowing the way you would mess up your life. And he loved you. That's amazing. And the scripture says, not only from everlasting, but to everlasting, he's going to love you. Now, this is a staggering thought because that means at the great white throne judgment, every person that will be cast in to the lake of fire will see the love of God in his eyes for them knowing they could have lived in the love and all that God's love has for them but they rejected it and they'll go into the lake of fire seeing his love in there in his eyes seeing his love for them now what that means is wherever you are whatever you're living in right now whatever you're doing right now however you're messing up God loves you he loves you hallelujah he loves you here's the second aspect this this is staggering you ready for this one just turn your neighbor and say this is going to be cool go ahead go to the next one for me God's love has many facets. You, you, you have to hear this also in Psalms 25, 6, and 7. You just, you just got to hear this passage. Psalms 
You ready? Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindnesses, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me. How many have been there? I'm not going to ask you in your youth what you were doing. Please don't ask me either, okay? Because I was a train wreck. But his loving kindnesses brought his mercies. Did you notice it was plural? Loving kindnesses. We, we get it again in Isaiah. This is, this is cool. Isaiah 63, 7. You hear it again. I will mention the loving kindnesses of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord has bestowed on us and the great goodness toward the house of Israel which he's bestowed on them according to his mercies, according to the multitude of his loving kindnesses. See, God's love has many facets. It's not just love. Now, we, we kind of do that too, don't we? I mean, we talk about, oh man, I love Wanda's homemade lasagna. She gets the Italian sausage. She, oh. Equally, I love her peach pie. She makes the crust. She, she has the special making the crust. And she has to anchor it down because it's so light it'll float. Okay, just kidding. But I mean, they are. It's just amazing. And oh, you've had some of her pies. Am I telling the truth? I mean, that crust is just, it's just, oh. Ooh. Okay. And I love golf. But trust me, I don't love lasagna and pies and golf the way I love Wanda. That's right. Okay. Trust me, I really don't. Okay. Now, there was a time when my heart was shaped like a dimpled white ball. But God corrected that for me. Okay. We've all been there. We've had our love misplaced. There are many facets to our love, isn't there? I hope none of you love anyone on this earth the way you love God. Many facets to our love. God has many facets to his love, but it is so exceeding beyond what we can comprehend humanly. We, we, we can't grasp it. That is why the apostle Paul said that you would come to know the height the depth, the length, and the breadth. And knowing the love of Christ, which passes understanding. The reason, isn't it? He's talking about the four dimensions of God's love. And yet God's love is so far beyond. I mean, there's multiple dimensions to God's love. Amen? His love, the many facets of his love. And there's this curious thing in the Song of Solomon. Now, if you've read the Song of Solomon, let me, let me help you understand. Some think that's a rather erotic book. And it, it, it is in places. But let me share with you. 
it's not just talking about human physical passion, eros. It really is talking about the love that Jesus has for his church, the love that God has for those whom he redeems. That's what the Song of Solomon is all about in its depths. And it's illustrating it in the human understanding that we have of love. But it's so far beyond that. And in in Song of Solomon chapter one, verse two, the Shunammite is talking about the love of the king. And he says, His love is better than wine. But the Hebrew word there is in the plural. And some translations reflect this, most do not. His loves are better than wine. The many facets of God's love. And the reason there's so many facets to God's love is because we need them. We need his love that reaches down to us when we're totally undeserving and brings us his mercy. We need his love that comforts us when we're broken, when we get wounded. And boy, life does wound. If you've not discovered this yet, life is not fair, is it? Huh? It's just not fair. Others are going to get the promotion even though you deserve it more. There are going to be people that will turn on you and you have, you have done everything to be a really good friend to them and you've given and, you've, and you've, you've sacrificially done things for them and they will turn on you and wound you deeply. That's, we need that facet of God's love. We need his love that brings justice to us because there are going to be times when unjust things happen to us and we need God to bring us justice. His love brings justice. God doesn't operate on the basis of fairness, by the way. If you want God to be fair to you, forget it. God doesn't operate on fairness. That's human and it's humanistic. God works on the basis of justice. Trust me, it's far better. It's far better. We need God's loving kindness and it's many facets that touch us. Here's the third thing. God's love is not only from everlasting to everlasting, only has many facets, but God's love has expression. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 5, 8. God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I share this with you because I think this is missed so often. I, this, this happened about 25 years ago now. I had this couple that called and scheduled to come in for marital counseling. They'd been married for over 25 years. And I thought it was a little odd they were coming in for marriage counseling. But I thought, okay, well, maybe they just want to tune up. And, and we get in and we sit down and I said, okay, I, I want you to think about this for a moment. And if you've come from my counseling, you've heard me say this. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to think a moment. I'm going to, in two sentences, tell me why you're here. Only two sentences. You don't get three, don't get five, two sentences. Tell me why you're here. And she said, that's easy. Okay. 
I don't think he loves me anymore. And he's sitting there, typical guy. He's got this total blank look on his face like, how could she be saying that? And and this was his answer. Sentence one. I have no idea. Sentence two. I thought we were good. And I thought, this is so male. He is totally clueless. This is so male. This is so funny. And so I said, okay. I looked I said, so I want you to think again. And in two sentences, tell me why you think he doesn't love you anymore. She says, that's easy. He never tells me he loves me. And now he really gets this blank look on his face. And he goes, Pastor, I told her I loved her when we got married. (laughs) Nothing's changed, he said. (laughs) Hey, I expressed my love to you one time. That's good, right? We're good. We're good for the rest of our life. (laughs) Okay? No, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. And God expresses his love to us in multiple ways. The the zenith of that is in giving his son, Jesus Christ. But that wasn't all. Next, he sends to us the Holy Spirit to live and dwell in us. And he is the spirit of love. So that his love is always filling and expressing our life. Because God loves to express his love. And if you go, I haven't felt God's love. May I say to you, it may be because of two things. One, you're not taking enough time to experience his love. Okay, it takes time. Number two, maybe you are not allowing your own heart to soften in his presence. So you can experience his love. Now, I, I, for, for the men, I know this is really, this is getting out there. It's really kind of foreign to us. You know, it always makes me nervous when Wanda comes up and says, can you tell me how you feel about this? She doesn't do that very much anymore. She did a lot when we first got married. Then she discovered something. That's the wrong question to ask a guy. He can never tell you how he feels about something. there's a good reason for that we're not connected to our right brain very well and that feeler is in the right brain and guys aren't connected to that right brain very well okay gals you're fully connected right and left brain and you get you can do this in any in any given sentence You can talk out of your emotions. You can talk out of your volition. You can talk out of your reason. You can talk out of your spirit. And you can just flow through those. And you never tell us and give us a warning. I'm speaking logic right now. Oh, by the way, I'm telling you how I feel about something. But this is what I know is God's will. But this is what I want. You never give us warnings when you flow between those. You just flow. And then you want us, how do you feel about it, honey? And we're going, how do I feel about it? I hadn't even thought about it. I don't know how I feel about it. (laughs) Okay? 
little psychology lesson here, okay? So listen, what we're talking about though is God's love. He expresses that to us in its fullest measure. And he's given to us the Holy Spirit so we can experience that in our life. He wants us to have that expression. Here's the next thing. Not only is God's love from everlasting to everlasting, not only are there many facets, not only is he expressed it, but God's love is sacrificial. All of those that I just shared with you. But then when we put on top of that Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. And that we might receive the Holy Spirit. Man, can you imagine that? That is like me going and visiting David in jail. David and saying, Pastor, I got a $100,000 fine. I did something stupid. They're not going to let me out of your list. And I go, David, I'll, I'll pay your fine. Got you covered. Don't worry about it. And you never have to pay me back. I'm not doing that, by the way. If you do something stupid, you get in jail, don't call. I'm kidding. (laughs) But isn't it amazing? You don't deserve it. You can never earn it. But God's love made that sacrifice for you. Why? Because God doesn't want you to go to hell. Because God doesn't want your life destroyed by sin and selfishness. Because God has this incomparable life for you that he wants you to live 24-7. And the only way that can happen is you have to be forgiven of all your sin and you have to receive a new heart. And you cannot do that on your own. That can only happen through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus in his love came. The wages of sin is death. So he died in your place. And God took your sin and put them on Jesus Christ. And Jesus became sin for you. The sinless, perfect Jesus Christ took your sin upon himself and became that sin for you. Died in your place. So now you never have to carry that sin in your life again. And that sin is never your identity again. Because Jesus carried it for you. He made the sacrifice. Wow. God's love is amazing. Amen. Amen. And Jesus then gives this amazing command. He says to you, look, look at this. This is amazing. Look at this next passage of scripture. A new commandment I give to you. That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. And it's not 
a suggestion. It's a command. That we love as he loves. Wow, that's staggering, isn't it? That's staggering. That's why, that's why I said this is uncommon. Living your life with God kind of love is not the normal life. And it's not even the normal life inside church. And yet that is supposed to be the normal life inside Christianity. See, this that you're looking at on the screen is supposed to be normal the way the world loves is supposed to be abnormal to the child of God. That's why, that's why this is the incomparable life. This is why it's uncommon living because the child of God lives outside the realm of common living and we live the incomparable life. And we love with uncommon kind of love. So that leaves a question that we have to ask ourselves as we wrap this message up. You ready? How's your love life? How much do you love your family, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers? How much do you love those people you haven't even met yet, but you see them at the store? Go ahead and go to the next slide for me. How much do you love? Well, let me tell you the measuring stick of how much you love. You ready? How much time do you spend praying for them? Authentically praying for them. Really? Dads? That son, that daughter that's just gone crazy. How much time do you spend praying for him? I know how much time you spend complaining about him. I know how much time you spend saying to them, you got to get your life straight out. You, you got to stop this. You got to change. I know how much time you spend saying to them, are you ever going to clean this blasted room? I know how much time you spent that. Now, dad, listen. How much time have you spent getting up long before you have to go to work and praying for them? How many days have you spent fasting for them? Grandma and grandpa, your grandkids, how much time? I I, I understand what it takes to pray grandkids through. Got nine of them. And I'm I'm claiming a promise that not one of my grandchildren will walk in the ways of the world. They will all walk mighty in spirit. But I got to tell you, it takes days of fasting and prayer. You can't just do it without it. It There are just some things that's the only way it works is through fasting and prayer. How much time? How much time do you spend praying for your coworkers? How much time do you spend praying for that supervisor, that boss that just drives you insane and knows how to push your buttons? How much time do you spend sharing Jesus with them? Boy, it's amazing. It's amazing the unusual measure of fear there is to share Jesus with anyone. And we got we got it. We've got to cast that spirit of fear to the floor and get him under our feet. 
Jesus said you have the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And that spirit of fear that keeps your tongue silent about Jesus, you got to put that spirit of fear under your feet. Share Jesus, man. Share Jesus and invite them. Do you want to hear the latest statistics that have come out over and over again? Listen, listen closely. 50% of the people have said they would go to church if asked. They would go the first time. 25% go when asked the second or the third time. That means 75% of the people around you would go to church if you just asked them. But that same survey, the overwhelming majority said, nobody's asked, so I haven't gone. Truth, truth, latest surveys. Tom Rainer. One of his books talks about this. Others have written about it. Isn't that amazing? Just to ask. Oh, I'm afraid. What if they say no? So? So what if they say no? I mean, how many times have people said no to you? How many times have you said no to people for things? Don't be afraid. Ask them. And we've given you the perfect tools. We've given you the perfect tools. I mean, these things are absolutely the perfect tools. And now you've got your your invitations for Friends Day. Come on. You've got the perfect tools to cross the bridge and invite someone. But listen, also pray for them. Pray for them before you invite them. Pray for them after you invite them. And if they say no, don't be afraid to invite them a second time. They may say no to Friends Day, but that's okay. In November, we got Doyle Dykes coming. You can invite them again. Come on. Don't miss. We give you the tools and we give you special opportunities throughout the year to invite family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, enemies. Come on. Invite them. Invite them. This is authentic love. And I'm going to tell you the option. The option is they really are going to hell. Do you love them enough to say to God, they're going to have to get to hell through me? I'm not going to let them go to hell without giving them plenty of opportunity. And I don't mean be rude about it, I don't mean go up and give a card and say, Bless God, you know, if you don't go to church with me, you're going to hell. That's that's the punch in the face time, you know what I mean? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you just love them enough. You don't want them to go there, and and you're going to love them enough to do everything you can to keep them from going there, but you're going to do that in the same way. It's, it's, It's what? It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's your goodness in their life that shows authentic love. Come on, amen? Am I making sense here? God kind of love. Jesus loved us so much. He came to rescue us so he wouldn't go to hell. And now he wants you to love your neighbors and your family and your coworkers with that same kind of love. Stand with me, would you please?
I know I'm passionate about this. I've been passionate about it ever since I got rescued. I didn't know how to share Jesus very well at first. I'd witnessed it. Fire plugs, telephone poles, cars, anything that would stand still long enough to let me share Jesus with them. I'm teasing about that, okay? I didn't really witness to a fire plug. But boy, if you stood still long enough, I'd, I'd share Jesus with you some way. And I'd go door to door. When before, when, Well, when Wanda and I first started dating, I asked her to go door to door with me. Scared the fire out of her. And she graciously said she loved me, but please don't ask her to do that again. Because I just knock on doors and share Jesus. When we planted our first two churches, I would knock on 100 doors every Saturday. And found one, out of, one, out, one every 10 doors, I, someone would come. Someone would get saved. It's amazing. People just, you don't, you don't ask them. That's, that's one of the reasons I like going to the coffee shops because I get to talk to people that don't come to church. So I share Jesus. Who are you praying for right now that you want to see come to salvation and you're authentically praying for them? Would you take a moment with me Would you join me down here and let's just end today praying together? Would you come, please? I'm going to ask everyone to please come. Let's just just end today praying together. Right here together. I'm going to I'm going to ask you to pray for two things. Here's the first thing I'm going to ask you to pray for. Would you ask Jesus to fill you with his love? Maybe up till now, you've never authentically asked Jesus to fill you with his love. And this is the first time in your life you've done that. Would you say to him, Lord, would you forgive me that I've not asked you this before? But Jesus, you said that you wanted me to love others the way you love me. And I'm asking you, Jesus, fill me with your love. That's the first thing I'm going to ask you to pray for with me. And here's the second thing. Jesus, would you give me a divine opportunity to tell someone how you've made a difference in my life? And invite them to church. Would you give me that opportunity this week. To invite someone to church. And to tell them. How you've made a difference in my life. Let's pray. Just just close yourself in with Jesus right now. Lord Jesus we're in your presence. I, I know you're here right now. And Jesus. We need your love to fill our life. Lord, for, forgive those that have never asked you before. Now we're asking you, Jesus, to fill my life 
with your love. Flood my life with your love, Jesus. Flood my life with your love. Jesus, that I could love others the way you love them and the way you love me. And Jesus, I'm asking you that you would help me to love my enemies. Help me to love those that don't treat me very nice. Help me to love them, Lord. And God, give me a divine appointment this week. Give me a divine appointment to invite someone to church this week. And Lord, give me a divine appointment that I could share my story with them. How you've made a difference in my life. Give me that divine appointment this week, Lord. In Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah. God, I end this prayer time by praying for everyone of the invitations for Friends Day and every one of the touch cards. Lord, I am praying that there will be those that will come and their lives will be transformed because they were invited. I pray there will be those who maybe they don't come Friends Day, but they get onto the website, they look, they hear, they see, their heart is touched, and they come and they give their life to Jesus. God, God in Jesus' name. Do a mighty work. And we give you praise. May I hear an amen? Amen. 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 God bless you. May the grace of the Lord go with you each day. May the grace of the Lord through you touch the life of someone else. In Jesus' name. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at